And here we are. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to the Retalbot Sports Podcast with myself, Ford Cuxley, and my co-host, the great Josh Tobin. Josh, how are we? Very good, Ford. How are you, mate? I'm buzzing, mate. I just feel the sun is shining. Life's getting back to some sort of normality. And it's Masters Week, baby. The Masters Week, baby. About to lose a bit of money on the Masters, but... Yeah, all life is all good. Josh, good Easter weekend? It was, mate, but it's always a good sign when the Masters is on, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's like the gateway to the summer when the yeah, Masters is I, on. I do like the Masters. The grass sure. is looking fantastic. The azaleas are in full bloom, mate. Gosh. And the boys are ready. Who's going to slip on that green jacket come Sunday for? I hope it's one of the five in my bets. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go very wrong and say Justin Rose is going to win it. Oh, you put you putting your hat on Justin Rose, you? I put my hat on it because I thought I looked at him and, you know, on William Hill. And I thought, Justin, you're going to perform this weekend. I want Spieth as my winner. He obviously won last week, but he's been uh, returning to form over the last eight weeks in, uh, in the tournaments on the PJ Tour after a six-month barren spell. He's got good record around the course. For he's won it once, and he's came tied second twice, third once. I think it's Jordan Speaks here again, but um, with all the majors now, I think you can pick five out of random and you're probably going to be there, thereabouts, isn't Yeah. Too many good players now, but look at it. We're underway. We're underway, the Masters, and obviously, as we've spoken about so far, we, it's going to be a bit of a golf-orientated uh, podcast. Um, so, Josh, have we got a beer of the week for us this week? I have thought. Uh as all our listeners know by now, we like to keep it topical, don't we? <laughs> and relevant. So I think it's only fair that we went for the beer that they sell over at Augusta, Georgia, at Augusta National. Um, they actually they actually don't put the, the brand of the beer on their pumps, on the fridges. They just sell them as um, as the crow's nest. But I've, just, I've done a bit of digging, Ford. And the main beer, main sponsor of the Masters that they serve there is... Uh, Imported Belgian lager, and it's uh, Blue Moon, man. The Blue Moon. You saw me standing alone. Need to stop singing that, for yeah. Man City. Yeah. Um, yeah, Blue Moon is the beer that they serve the Masters, which I was extremely surprised about. Um, I thought it would have been some sort of like, I thought Budweiser would have been their obvious choice, but not Blue Moon. It's a Belgian white. Um. Let me just read what they put on, on their website. Our artfully crafted beer was born from the creativity and passion of our brewers who pour their energy into every bottle. Experience unique and refreshing flavour twists that make you think a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon. Ah, ah. I like that. Look at that. Positivity Let's, all around, Josh. Let's have a look at the percentage of the beer. So do you like a blue moon, Josh? I've... Uh, do you know what? I've only had them at a few weddings because they don't tend to have it on tap everywhere, do they? But no. um, also, best served with a slice of orange. Mm-hmm. If I was putting my beer connoisseur head on here for it's got you know little drops of fruitiness in there, so mm. I think the I think the orange comp- complements it well. Nice, Josh. Um, nice. Bear with listeners, just trying to get a percentage up for everyone. Yeah, as as Josh again, percentage up. Obviously, we, we're doing a podcast every other week at the minute, um, just for our, our 
and busy schedules. But please keep following us and get in contact with us on Instagram and Twitter and on the bar of at PTTS Pod. And thanks to our partner, Shiny Vinyl. Jackson Lucid is singles be released, and it's, it's gone pretty well so far. So, yeah, good shout out to Jackson and, and Shiny Vinyl. Um, what we've got in store today is, uh, like we've said, golf, and we've got a very interesting uh, head to head at the end of uh, this episode, which golf lovers would actually, I think, you would enjoy. So, bear with for that. But, Josh, what's the percentage? 5.4 minutes. Oh. Imagine a day of the Masters <laughs> on the 5.4 Blue Moon. Oh, It's all starting to make sense now with the Yanks. Yeah, because you think, I think I've seen it a couple of times that if there was a five, if you put a five on five, like best drinkers, surely the UK beat them. When you look at the Americans. Uh, where are you bringing them in from America though? Mm, that is a big show. Where are you bringing them in from the UK? I mean, I think if we go in for heavy hitters, and you got to look north, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. you got to bring some hard men in, ale yeah. drinkers yeah. from up north. You're, well, basically, Scotland, the north, Wales. Nowhere in England is written. Newcastle. No. But everywhere else. I mean, London. Uh, yeah. When yeah. you say that, Josh, remember that, that Scottish group that we, we stumbled upon in Lisbon? Uh, yes, during the stag bit. But what we're saying is it just purely beer. Because if we're going down the spirit route, then I'm probably, I'm probably leaning towards London then, because it's all... You're talking upper-class spirits, upper-class cocktails down in London, pouching them. Mm. Although, although if you go to London, you probably... It's probably going to start snowing if you bring him in from London. Yeah, yeah, we don't need that. We don't need that. Definitely not. That, 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 we struggle with that. But anyway, five, that's a strong old beer, Josh. And, uh, five, like, 5.4. Yeah, luckily, because we're doing this in the afternoon, we're, uh, we're not drinking blue moon. We're so. not. We've got, uh, I've got myself a coffee. Ford's on his H2O. Hydration is key, everyone. Mm-hmm. If you take one thing from this pod today, you know, with two people who know not a lot about golf, talking yeah. about golf. Just remember, hydration is key. Always have a bottle of water with you. Yes, absolutely. Improves complexion, improves blood circulation, makes you feel great. That's all you need. Right, that's all the education out of the way. Josh, you've been playing golf the last couple of weeks, have you? I did. I went for a round with good friends, Anthony Thomas, a.k.a. Barney, and Ryan Evans, a.k.a. Okay, the Pine Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, first round back since, must be November now, is it? Let's just say some of the golf was enterprising. Yeah. Um, I mean, the best way I can sum the round up is I hit every tree on the course. Barney hit one into the FEW Excellence Centre's car park. Yeah. And Paisy his own foot trying to draw a ball. So... <laughs> That's where I'm putting it in a minute. Well, I mean, it wasn't exactly the right course to go back to. We're just going straight to the the national course at the Vale. Um, but we were there. Yeah. Um, I got stung. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Uh, it's a bit. Of, it's a bit of a touchy one, I mean, Ford, because because obviously you and our listeners by now know that I don't like to part with my money. No. Um, Josh Torrey, money saving expert. But 
Um, I got very excited last week with the weather when it was sunny. So I turned up in shorts, pole top, looked at the forecast. It was a, a solid 15 degrees. And for for the bigger man forward, 15 degrees was probably a lovely temperature. It's big boy friendly. It wasn't 15 degrees when we got to the Vale. Um, it was cold. It was Baltic. Yeah. Um, thought I could get away with it. It was quite quickly that I wasn't going to be able to get away with this. So I had to buy a quarter zip and set me back 65 quid for it's all right though, because the guy said it's the one they all wear. Oh, that's so, the one they all wear. So it was all fine. He looked like at least he looked like he's Yeah, I mean, you know, did I didn't want to ask him if he had paid 60 quid for it, but um hey, these things happen, you learn yeah. life's lessons, man. Absolutely, and it's part of time off and obviously uh Easter's just gone. I hope you all had uh, a good Easter and a safe Easter. So Josh, do you get anything up to anything interesting on Easter weekend? I did mate. had a very quiet one. Quiet, yeah, uh, yeah, nice. And you can't really do much of the minute. Anyway, I watched a bit of the sport, and you can't make a bit of the sport. You know, a lot of time spent on the sofa. Yeah. Um, partnered around the house really. Nice. Cooked nice. some food. What food do you cook, Jar? I cooked a, a, a Thai red curry. Oh, I had Thai today, funny enough. Yeah, it was nice, bit fiery. Yeah. But it was good. But uh, no, all quiet on this front, mate. I was. Uh, You've been away, Ford. I, uh, yes. Tell the listeners, man. I was away. I don't know where I was. I let Emily book it, but we were in somewhere like near Landisil, uh, in a in a cottage. It was nice. We went down to Minky for the for the afternoon. It was lovely. Yeah, and you know me, sport mad like I am. At one stage, I was sitting in the cottage watching um, Pennebon versus Halford West on S4C, oh, uh, that which, was a... which it was on for about ten minutes. An absolute classic. It was. It was nice to see Patrol Boy Kino when playing. So yeah. Um, it was good, yeah. Good weekend, quiet. Watch the rugby, uh, not so great for the Welsh regions, but there's some good rugby on display as well. But that's that's the last of uh, a Welsh regional chat. Um, a little bit more news, isn't it, Josh? About uh, obviously participation and playing. That the it cricket, is, mate. The cricket season is getting underway on Monday, the 3rd of May, which is bank holiday. It is. How are we feeling about that, Josh? We're back, baby. Um, I think the news is either been broken today or is going to be broken today that they're obviously with the Welsh government proposing uh, physical exercise starting back from May 3rd. Our season was supposed to start on May, May the 1st. I mean, I don't really know why they couldn't just move it back to the Friday. I don't really know what two days difference is going to make. But yeah, they've, they've pushed it to a Bangali Monday start. Which I presume is is obviously a good thing. We're back, but I reckon there's going to be a few unhappy people that's on a bank holiday Monday. Um, again, this goes back to decisions being made without asking the people that play the game. I guess. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, I, another one. I don't see why they couldn't have just pushed the season back by week. Yeah. And gone a further week into September. Yeah, well, the rugby's not starting back. Which so. we done last year anyway. Um, it doesn't make a difference to me. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm available for Monday, but you just think with the bank holiday in May, people may have already booked stuff in now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. With families and stuff. And I mean, I, you know, I trust that everyone will be keen, keen ask everybody out there, which we all are. Um, but I wonder how much it'll affect team selection. Yeah. I don't think like there's going to be teams in the league this year that are predominantly 
uni-based boys. It's not going to affect them at all. Um, but I think there'll be other teams that may... It may alter selection, put it that way. I think it may cause a few issues. But I'm, I'm definitely seconds. I'm second. for the seconds playing on the Monday. Well, it? it's, a, it's a domino effect, isn't it? When yeah. you get a change, because if there are people who are unavailable for whatever reason, you take from the seconds, you take from the thirds, isn't it? But, you know, I suppose bigger picture-wise, we should all just be thankful that it's, yeah. it's back. I know I spoke to my brother this morning, and obviously he's going to bronze with, isn't he? In the South Wales Cricket Association, Judas, Judas, um, but they are starting the weekend after we are. But yeah. they're playing the first two league league games on Mon- uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then just continuing oh, for the th- from the third Saturday onwards. Which idea. I think it's a bad idea. Cause, yeah, because it's just like playing a cup game on a Sunday. Really, so basically, it? Sam's going to travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so basically, I'm taking a couple of cans with me for that Sunday to go and watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, good news. I think everyone's excited. It should be a very good season. Hopefully, oh, and then I'm saying, we had uh, a few conversations with Richard Blake a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's, he's getting back into his sport right into. So I know Blake, he's going to do a few bits and pieces for us. And we bumped into him on the beach and mentioned the cricket starting, and he's keen to do one on there. So. Maybe you can put together for us for a, a breakdown of the league for everyone. A few, yeah. a few reviews or a breakdown of all the Batalba-based teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we will have a cricket preview in the next couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, and, and, and their aims for aims for the season. Yeah. Which will be good. All over that. So, yeah, some good news on the cricket front, but we'll put cricket aside for a minute, Josh. And like I spoke about earlier, you uh, are playing golf and... I've seen him play a lot more golf than me, and there's a lot of people in Wales who, who thoroughly enjoy playing golf leisurely and competitively. Um, what does it do? So I'm going to pose a question to: What does it do to one um, for your socialising and your enjoyment, but two your mental health? They both twine into each other. But what does it do? I think, for, yeah, from our standpoint, we can talk about it from a social side of of golf. I think um, it's just an outlet, really, isn't it? You know, it's going to be four hours out the house. It doesn't really matter what ability you're playing at, to be honest. I think it's I think it's a good sport in that regard that it does cater for all abilities. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you can turn up with a group, group of four of you really and you can play whether you're a scratch handicapper or you know, you're towards the top and you're just there for a knock around. Um I think it's just a very easy way of getting up the house for a couple of hours with you know, with your mates and just sort of Relax, forget about everything. I mean, I say the word relax. relax. <laughs> like once you're out there and you can't hit a tiny ball more than five yards in front of you. Um, no, but I think it's important, as, as you said, the last year has been has been so tough for people's mental health. And one of the big talking points around when they closed the golf courses was, you know, Percy's it's absolutely ridiculous decision to close mm. them when you're still allowed to go for a walk. I mean, yeah. in theory, we could have all turned up at a golf club and walked the 18th. The only yeah. difference is we wouldn't have had golf clubs, and to honestly, we were you're probably going to be closer on a walk than you would, yeah, playing golf anyway, especially when you're playing with Bowlock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think last week me, Barney, and Poisey were anywhere near each other on any of the yeah, fairways, to be honest. But it was one of those which I think I think it unnecessarily affected golf clubs in terms of expenditure and money, put yeah. a lot of people on furlough for no reason. Um, there's a lot of people that rely on that round or a couple of rounds a week as they are uh, opportunities to socialise. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden that's taken away. Um, and it's not surprising that people have suffered, but I think it's something that should have been kept open all the way through. It wasn't, but it's good to see that it was one of the first things back open. And as you've seen, all the golf clubs have been so busy. It's just members only at the minute because everyone's yeah. getting out there. Um, but yeah, like from the point where I, I picked up, it's just a good excuse to get out there and have a couple of out with the boys, a pint after. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, you just walk around, talk about everything and anything, don't you? Put the world to rights for a couple of hours and you get back home, you feel, you know, you feel a lot better about it. You know, we've said, you know, the hardest thing about this lockdown has been not seeing the boys in a big group to have a laugh and stuff. And I think sometimes golf does give you that, that little sort of opening to, have that interaction while we're waiting for, you know, the hospitality and all the yeah, rest of it's open. I think unless, like you said, the, the pick up a new point on people, that's their only uh, socialising the week. You see it a lot in the older generation, don't you, in terms of like, if their, their husband or their wife has sadly passed away, that's their, their outlet. And I know a lot of older generation try and get out as much as possible because that's what, what keeps them going. And I think, yes, I'm, I'm happy to see golf back. I, I haven't played for, well, I play in work because we've got a pitch and cut on site. But um, in terms of playing proper, I haven't played for a while now. And I think it's something I'll, as I get older, I'll start playing because the Saturdays are obviously busy with, in the summer with cricket and in the winter with rugby. So maybe if I start with coaching professionally, maybe my, uh, my outlet there. Away from the hey, mate, pitch, but it's people's office as well to get deals done, isn't it? Yeah, the golf exactly, course, exactly. What uh, shoots? Well, we were playing up the Vale on last week, and there was a massive sign as you were going to the first tee box. There was like your corporate day out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, I think there's a there's a big flip on golf with businesses. It is where people do seem to get yeah. deals done. You know the. Well, I, well, I remember we went to um, Charlo used to run a golf trip, uh, John Charles had a golf day every day and uh, every year and the club would put a couple of teams in. And it was a brilliant day. I was caddy. I was, I was that bored. I ended up being a caddy. <laughs> um, I'd just walk around with the boys for four hours. But uh, it brilliant. You had someone on a golf buggy just uh, coming around like a shop with cans and you could have a can once you do. And then uh, somehow, somehow I will not disclose anything but somehow the team of Dean Morris, Barney, uh, Dan Williams um, won. Um, we, we won't go into any uh, any more uh, information of what, or, or at length why they won but let's put it this way, Dean, the, one of the best friends was they were playing on the Grove so obviously we've got the, uh, I can't remember which holes there, one's going one way and one's coming back down. Dean and Champ went on to the other fairway, the other hole uh, another shot onto the green, but they asked Dina what she do free. There was no chance Dina had <laughs> gone there in free, but classic, yeah, classic Dean Fish. Yeah, classic Dean Fish. That's that's how they won. But absolutely, I'd love. I think that's one one social event I've always wanted. If I went, if I was running my own team or club in terms of, I'd like love a golf day. I think it's a, it takes everyone out of their environment, uh, a comfortable environment, and and people. It's a good laugh. It's totally different to what you, what you do normally. So golf day is massive, I think, for business and for socially as well for clubs. I know the Scow do one. The Scow golf day is very good. Yeah, Giants Grave have got a, a golf society and they yeah. uh, they go to different uh, courses once a month for 
you know, around beers and, and food and stuff. I'm, to be honest, the amount of boys who are playing golf down the club at the minute, yeah. I'm surprised we haven't put on some sort of Patola uh, Cricket Club golf day. Well, remember the, you know, the golf day I had for Barney's birthday 10 uh, years ago? Yeah, is it, well, is it 10 years? No, it's more now. Longer, it's this first 12 years ago, is it? Yeah, 21st, isn't it? Yeah, so up in Earlswood. 12 years ago, yeah. But no, I'm surprised. But yeah, as you said, I think a lot of. It's a great, uh, it's a great sport to use to raise money as well. You see yeah. a lot of people running charity golf days or charity days and stuff. Um, but I'm going to go into it now. But it's always seemed a sport that you t- you seem to get it into as you get older, purely because you start earning your own money. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking back to like school days. I couldn't name you more than three, maybe boys yeah. in school or girls in school that you knew. Played golf. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I don't know, it might have changed altogether. Like we don't know, because we're not close enough to golf clubs. You know, if, if if there are if there is anyone listening who who helps run a golf club or can shine some light on well, the prices and Mr. stuff. Miss Dr. Price's name's it, Mr. Price. Mr. Price, don't But it's all I think it's always been perceived as quite a upper class sport, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah especially especially as a kid growing up. Yeah. Um, I still think you get that feeling when you play at certain courses as well. Yeah. That oh, it's very, yeah. I don't know, clicky is probably a word. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of money in golf. And I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I think, especially as a kid, it's a massive barrier. Because, yeah. I mean, you're talking about prices of memberships, for one, prices of golf clubs, balls when, you know, you play like me, you're spending a shed load of money on golf balls, you only hit, only hit once. Yeah. Um, plus you chuck on lessons. Plus, you chuck on if you're going on the golf range, you're paying three quid a bucket. Yeah. All the time. Um, tees, whatever. It's, I think I think there's a lot of things that create barriers for for kids to get uh, to get started in golf. Yeah, and I think that's. I think just not in terms of kids. I think in the whole, um, whole population. I think if there's some stats here. Um, there hasn't been stats released for the last couple of years, but from 2014 to 2018, there was a drop in 7,000 registered golfers in Wales. So we started with 49,000 in 2014, and it was down to 42,000 in 2018. So that just that just shows, I think, maybe it was a sign of the times in terms of the crunch and, and, and people are money, or maybe memberships getting expensive, um, more expensive. And this is just our opinion, like we said, Josh, we don't know in full extent of, of the prices and that. But yeah, that's I think and that's really surprised me that the, the drop in that much. Because I think golf is such a um popular sport when it a lot of people have like if you spoke to a group, at least one or two have been affiliated with some yeah. sort of golf and and I think um is that something golf whales are looking to do in trying to get people in and like I know there's been like street golf and that to get kids into it, but I think it could be a massive bar and especially coming out of um this this pandemic, it could be more because obviously the pennies are gonna be uh, a bit tight, isn't it? Yeah, and so But you know, something like an and it you know, this might well be in place. So, you know, apologies if if we're going over a sort of ground, but something like the, the boot room in football where yeah. the people donate, you know, uh football boots. Is there something around donating golf clubs for kids and free lessons and free coaching at certain clubs or 
or whether there's school programs like the All Stars Cricket Run, yeah, to get kids in and up and running for free. But I just think they I just think personal experience growing up, it was just such an such an expensive sport. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, here, I don't think that changes when you get to you know into an adult if you're not paying a membership, which could be like three hundred quid or four hundred, five hundred quid a month, and you know there are places that are loads more than that. And the que- I think the question is going to be in, it, in terms of like, I think when people look at their membership, is it, are they going to get their value for money? Are they going to play enough? To, to And if you do play every day or every other day, you probably say, yeah. I'm, but if you're not, if you're going to play once a week or once every two weeks, that's going to be... But then, you know, what's the, what's the average price for around with 20 quid? Yeah. You know, you're paying 20 quid a go on you. Yeah. You chuck by in, if you need balls on top of that, that's another, say, call it 12 quid or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, before you hit the ball, you're 30 quid down. Yeah. Um, and that's every time you go. So I think there is, I think there is, you know, there's questions and barriers around around the prices of stuff, um, especially the younger age. I don't, I don't think it seems to be that much of a barrier as you get older, um, you know, when you start earning and, and stuff like that. You see a lot of people get into golf late, don't you? It's, yeah. a, it's, like a, it's a proper late bloomer of a sport. It's not like your football, rugby, and cricket or you know, what, tennis, whatever, where people turn up when they're in their 40s yeah. and go, oh, I'd like a crack of this. It is the sport you can do that. Same with, I guess, the like the Harriers and things. Yeah, They're quite inclusive to all ages to get involved quite late. Um, I think you see a lot of people, don't you, they get to like an age where they stop playing football and rugby. Yeah. And then they think, well, I need to fill the gap in on a Saturday, so I'll go play golf. Well, I- and that's when they start then. And, but I've, and then I've spoke to a couple of the older men from the stars who've said, like, if if they started playing a lot earlier, they probably would have finished playing rugby earlier. This is our enjoyment. And I think they enjoy uh, getting up by half seven, eight o'clock tea time, playing for a couple of hours and then going and watching rugby. And it's one of them sports, and that's the mad thing, like, in terms of, it's one of them sports. Is It's a very rare sport that you would want to go out to half seven when it's quite fresh. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sport. So it's got it's got so many um, positive things going for it. And I love golf. I love watching golf now. We're watching the Masters here, and I just I just love it. And, I, and that's probably a, it's a frustrating thing on times that it is expensive. Isn't it? I think that's the common. That's quite a common answer when you when you talk to a lot of people who are involved in sport around this. You know, people start playing golf quite late, and every, everyone replies the same, doesn't they? Yeah. Which I started sooner. Um, Maybe that maybe that's something that golf wheels or whatever need to yeah. jump on. That you've got such a big group of people in that sort of say thirty plus, yeah, say of people who are just starting playing golf purely because at the start, one you might be priced out of it. But like I, you know, I don't think you're ever going to compete with football or rugby no, in Wales. No, I, you absolutely. know, obviously we're not asking. You know, not saying the golf should, but. I think there should be more opportunities to get involved in golf yeah. along with football and when you were a kid because I don't think there really was, to be honest. No. Apart from going down the range like my old man yeah. and he'd pay the three quid for the you know, bucket of balls, you know, around, you, you know, parents can't be afford to be playing, yeah. you know, even if it's a, a kid's price, but you still got the equipment and the balls and everything on top. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I no, massive fan of golf. As you said, watching the Masters here and it's, it's probably it's, it's that type of sport that even people who don't play golf get excited about, like when yeah. the Masters come. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is probably one of the best weekends. I, I say I try and make sure I watch as much of the Ryder Cup as I can because it's so gripping and exciting. It's, it's got that way, isn't it? Over the last... Yeah. When was it in the Celtic Manor? 2010? 2010, yeah. Probably looking... What's the earliest one I can remember? Like probably 2006, maybe 2004? Yeah. My earliest ones. But it's become such a spectacle now. Whereas I think obviously when it originally started, it was Great Britain, wasn't it, against um, yeah. the USA and... Obviously, since it's become Europe, especially over the last 10 years or so, it's become such a, a sporting event. You've seen the grandstand of the first tee. Yeah. It's, it's as if it gets bigger every two years, that grandstand on the first tee box, isn't it? Yeah. It's like oh, they chuck yeah. another thousand on. Um, and obviously, that rivalry between Europe and America is, just gets hotter and hotter. Yeah, um, especially with the use of social media now as well. Oh, use of social media gets revved up so much. You, you know, you've seen what it's like when, when even when the you know, the Americans were over here in Europe, the hot, the hostility they get. And it's yeah. for, you know, you got to remember, it's like golf. Yeah. You, you see golf, you know, it's like the gentlemanly, quiet sport. And then for that one tournament every two years, it turns into, it's just like a cauldron playing. Uh, <laughs> but I love it. I, I, love I, it. I think you get a different side of players then because obviously golf is such an individual sport, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's you up there and basically you're relying on your own skills your own psychology, and it sort of just flick, you know, flicks the switch for them into a team environment yeah. when they're not just thinking about themselves anymore. I mean, I'd love to read into more into that psyche around yeah. how how they go from such an individual lifestyle or mental state to play golf to for that four days. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, no, those three days, they've got to flick and be team players and work in that dynamic. I mean, there's a big job between for the captains. I think it's easy to say they just sit there with a piece of paper, don't they, and just go pairs, pairs, pairs. But I imagine there's a lot of work to try to get the dynamics, not just of players' um, ability with the golf club, but but I guess you're matching up sort of mental states and you're matching up personalities as well as as games. Um, And it's brilliant when it goes right, when you see it and you just see like a sea of blue. Yeah. But you can see when it goes wrong when you could have the two best players in the world together. Tiger Woods is a perfect example. Absolutely, he's got an absolutely yeah. horrendous record in Ryder Cups, but he's a type of player you'd never leave out, would you? No. Um, but does that come back to he's such a winner on his own yeah. that he finds it harder to share that with someone, I guess? Yeah. Um, I, think, I, I love it. I think especially for a tournament like this on the Ryder Cup, the most fascinating thing for me, and this is, I add non survival sports psychology, in terms of, you play the same course, you, you practice all week, then you play the same course you've been playing all week, but you can have a, you can birdie it one day, then 24 hours later, you could be having a bogey or a double bogey in the same one. It's so, and that's what I love about it. It's so, um, different ranges and it's about how, how you are mentally and it's difference in the technique and that I think it's probably the most um tech one of the most technical sports out there because one little chink in your technique and you are like we all see when we play golf oh it's that good it, it, it's, the, it's the biggest leveler of a sport oh yeah I mean it's a sport you physically can't master no you can't master it it'll always it's like golf always wins but I think, as you said, when you watch it on TV, and it's you know it's how they how easy they make it, but to the naked eye, you just think, oh, you just you just swing a golf club of ball. Yeah. 
but as you said, there is, you know, you only have to be out by less than a millimeter and it goes wrong. Yeah. I think it's it's really hard to appreciate how good the pros are. But like it's even harder to appreciate how good people who don't get anywhere near yeah. to the PJ tour with. Yeah. You know, the ones who don't even get there, yeah. but they go to like qualifiers, whatever, they're still like absolutely incredible. Yeah. But I think I think golf is one. You've got to be like I think that's where the word elite means something in golf. Yeah. I think oh, in yeah. football and rugby you can call people elite. And they're, they're I mean, you know, there's people in the mainstream sports that can do stuff that others physically can't. That's elite. Yeah. But I think it's football and rugby, as I say the main two, you can like you can coach it a little bit. Yeah. There's certainly, I mean, you see a lot of people make their most out of their ability, don't they? And they become world class. So, yeah. like, someone like, I don't know, defensive midfielder, whose job is, say, like, McAleary when he's playing and can't, you know, the ones who literally just pick the ball up, tidy it, and pass it on. Yeah. It's world class. But I think that's something you can mould yeah. in golf. I think you've either got the ability to start with or you haven't. I think, and that's, like, in work, you see, I'm very fortunate to see every day see some great golf. And, it's one of the most therapeutic things when you're walking up the path and you can see just someone chipping onto the green and we got a fantastic brand new golf centre, which is absolutely unreal. But there's so little in between the, the students, but it's so far apart in terms of where they get to. Yeah. So, like, if I, if, if I was out there watching uh, two golfers and you said, right, one of them is at the top of their the game at, at their age... Or one of those mid to bottom, I won't be able to pick out which one's top and which one's mid to bottom because it's so fine of a difference, but it's a mass has a massive impact. And I think, like you said, we'll never master the game. But for example, now Bryson de Jean is like trying everything he needs to master the science and change the things, but he still hasn't got anywhere near winning a like like I don't think Bryson de Jean will win this weekend, and he's tried everything to try and. Master. No, I mean, I mean, he's gone. He's done something that I, I think the last person sort of changed the game. This match was when Tiger Woods burst on the scene, and yeah. he was the first one to bulk up when he and yeah. started in miles. Deschambeau was just gone times that by ten. I mean, you see him like two years ago, and he's slight, and all of a sudden he's turned up three three stone of muscle heavy, and he's a. He's a fucking big lump now yeah. when he's on TV. And he's hitting these balls. And I think, you know, not sounding like we're bloody ex- experts, but the, I think when he's playing a normal PJ Tour event, when yeah. I guess the courses are not as challenging and he can bully them if you can hit the 400 yards, I don't think you have to think about it too much. Yeah. I think there's a lot less think with some of these courses, but... I think Butch Harman was on Sky yesterday and they were talking about Deschambeau. I think all week he's been saying that he's got like this four-degree face driver that he's going to pull out this yeah, week. Cause secret, cause, secret cause, yeah, because he thinks he's going to start driving the par fours. And Butch Harman was saying it's just not a course that you can do it on. Yeah. It's like you need skill to get around because of how hilly it is, the greens, the chipping, the sneed is, the dangers and stuff. It's not... You know, he was saying he just doesn't believe it's a course that he's going to turn up and bully. But we saw it last year. He turned up last year, didn't he? And he put a massive target on his back by saying that it's a 67 part, not a yeah. 70, 71, or whatever it is, because he reckons he could drive everything. 
and um, what did he finish then? Tie 37 or something? Yeah, he He's all over the place. Um, they showed in his warm-up round, he, on the 18th, he hit the tree directly on the left, that narrow bottleneck on the 18th. Yeah. He hit the straight the tree's left, about 50 yards, because he hit the tree. Um, but, you know, you've got to take your hat off to him. If you, yeah. I think professionals' jobs in sports these days, to an extent, and coaches, is to push the boundaries of our sport. Yeah, and see absolutely. what it's like the end of meters, isn't it? When people said, Oh, you know, you never break 10, ten seconds, seconds. Yeah. and now what we're down to 9.58, does it? Yeah. I mean, I know you shed in hundreds of seconds off, but surely that's your point of sport is yeah. you always try to push those barriers. And he's, I gotta say, you gotta take your hat off to him. Quite a young bloke in his career, and he's taken a massive gamble and gone, do You know, I, I believe this will work. Yeah. He's had, he's, he's had success, he, he won a US Open last year. He won, he's won a couple of big tour events, doing what he's done. And even Rory McIlroy came out. Rory McIlroy said his swing's gone to shit because he saw what Deschambault was doing and he thought that was the way forwards. And that was, uh, you know, and he's the best driver on the tour. But, he, but even he thought that, shit, if he's hitting it 400 yards, I need to start at 400 yards. And that's why he's hired a swing coach. And he was saying yesterday in his interview, he got caught up in the hype of it. Yeah. Um, and he's had to dial himself back in. Um, and he just said, you know, it's it's not as easy as just standing there and hit the ball as hard as you can. He's actually hitting this street. There's only that's one it. way to beat the Bryce and the Shopper drive. That's Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Although I know a friend of our <laughs> pod here will, 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 will like the colours of Barney Deschambeau, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, at the Vale when he hit a 490-yard drive, which, you know, it was it was legitimately that long. But put it this way, it followed the cart the car path line. And it, it, it must have hit the path yeah. and, number, and bounced all the way down. But Barney's, Barney's adamant it didn't, yeah. tongue-in-cheek. But I think, like, going back to our conversation about golf around here and sort of getting into it, just trying to think on the top of our heads now in Batal, but the like the golf clubs around you. So you've obviously got the Grove, if you're going further yeah. down Margaret, haven't you? Well, well last one, we've, we've talked about the course here. In, in the whole of the UK... Is 1,872 courses, 145 in Wales. And the, I think the closest in terms of the 18 holes being together is the the Grove or the, or the Pine Atlantic. If you go in Neath Patalbot area, no? if, yeah. you, if you try and do that, so if you go in the furthest that way, yeah. I guess if you draw in the line at the Kempfig one, yeah. so you're piling Kempfig, the Grove, isn't it? Yeah. then you've obviously got the Lakeside Pitch and Putt, which is yeah. there, the Scow Pitch and Putt, which yeah. is there. And then you've got Earlswood, Neath, Neath, Swansea Bay, Ponte Dowie there, and the Mond. Yeah. And that's probably a catchment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, you've obviously got Morriston and stuff, but then you go into the Gower for other courses. I mean, Earlswood's a brilliant public course. Yeah. I know it's gone up in price lately. It's gone up to like 15 quid now. Yeah. But it used to be a tenner. And, it was all, and for a tenner, it was absolutely ridiculous value. Yeah. Um, I think that was a course that you probably weren't priced out on. You could go and have, you know, a decent round on there. It's, it's not a bad course. It's not, yeah. you know, it's one of the better public courses I've ever played on. Um, it'd be really interesting to know, wouldn't it, if anybody from those golf courses, if they listen to this and got in touch about information about their junior section and stuff. Because I'll be honest with you, as much as we follow sport on Twitter, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, whatever, I, don't, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen... 
like a junior initiative promoted well, for, for well, golf? Funny, I know Lester McCallum and Corin Casey's father is involved with Swansea Bay and he's running the junior section now and they're doing real, some real good stuff. Um, so it'd be nice to get Lester on there actually and, and, and talk about it because um, I think that's what's needed and we'll be, we'll be happy to help whenever, if there's any chance and we've got time, we'll be happy to help with any course, uh, golf uh initiatives and, and stuff like that and, and I know Swansea Bay that'd be if that can kick off that'd be massive on it in terms of it would but it's just one of those I think it, it might be a sport for you know for everyone but yes. it might be that sport that kid who doesn't like football and rugby or yeah, cricket absolutely. might want to go play golf and that might give them the the out they need rather than sitting sit in, in front of an Xbox or up to no good yeah. on the street corners they're bored golf might provide them with that pathway onto better things but I think at the minute there might just be that barrier that stops golf yeah um, but yeah definitely I think we sort of done this off the cuff didn't we yeah, yesterday we yeah. said we'd do the golf special because the Masters was on but I think definitely in this series we'd just get Leicester on and get him on and, yeah, absolutely. and have a chat about what avenues there are what opportunities there are in golf clubs yeah. you know they might already be out there but I think personally I mean, that's all I see on Twitter is initiatives around like junior rugby, junior football, junior cricket. That's yeah. pumping everywhere. I don't think on the top of my head I've, I've seen like initiatives pushed out for golf. That might be because following the wrong stuff, but yeah, we've seen with the power of it, uh, social media when you get like the golf club, um, the football rugby cricket clubs all retweeting each other's stuff. Yeah. I think it's a lot more, there's more exposure. Much, much more. And I think we'd be massively happy to get involved with that. I mean, just to finish off before we, we, we go on to our headsets, Josh, we think I put a poll out earlier saying if there was a full 18 hole coach, the course location up at all, but would you be open to joining? And yes, 84%. So just, just totally uh, out of, con- like, not in no fault. I can't remember what the other word is. Um, it, but imagine, imagine they were going to put a golf course somewhere. I've got my location where it would be a lovely golf course. But where would where would you, Josh? A lovely golf course in the middle of a town. But uh, you could say the same as me. I do. Um, it, it, like it's hard one, isn't it? Because yeah. like I think. Well, the Vicar Park used to be a golf course, didn't it? Yeah, it's like you've got the golf courses in the town, but they're already here. Yeah. Um, but I think if you had to put a new one in, maybe. So I don't know how big the land is, this is the problem. Yeah. But instead of putting a like in prison opposite the cricket club. Yes. Around the housing estate. How big is that? Probably That's not big enough for a golf course, I would have thought, uh, but big enough for a nine all? Yeah. Maybe somewhere there. Yeah. Not to copy you, so I'm trying to fix yeah. else. But I mean I don't know, in terms of location, instead of putting a bloody prison there, it's, it's next to a housing estate, next yeah. to a school, next um I think it's just a, it would be an ideal location. I think you've got a catchment area there. Well, you've got the full moors, isn't it? I, yeah. I know, I know, obviously, you can't because of the nature and that, but I think you'd get enough, there'd be enough room there to do 18 hours, I think, with all of the room there. But you've got like the school then, yeah, so close that uh, for me, I think there's like with sports clubs and initiatives, and you know, the same, like the partnerships are so key into getting off the ground, yeah. I mean, if 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 you put one in at all, when you you've got a partnership with the schools in and 
the local housing estates around the place. Yeah. I mean, actually, bumping, like, bump a star. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably where I'd chuck yeah. my tummy. I would do forward where mine, the ideal course, but it would never happen, would be Magan Park. I reckon it could, if they could get a proper golf, like a, I reckon that could end up being like a a, a tournament hosting. Imagine, imagine around the cup in Magan Park. Get the wagon, get this. It could be a hashtag. Ryder Cup 2045. Margin Park. Park. It, would, it would be a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's just there's no chance. Too much nature. Too much nature, and yeah. it's uh, already an attraction, isn't it? But, yeah. Oh, definitely. But if, yeah, I think it'd be interesting for us to actually get, um, or maybe get in contact with a golf course at the top. But even if they just send us their like membership prices, junior, senior, yeah. and what nights they do. And we'll and we'll, training and stuff. And it's in certainly just for us to know. We'll certainly um advertise it. Um, yeah. I like I, we put out earlier on Twitter that anyone who's who's starting back training this year, football this week, football, rugby, cricket, and netball, tennis, whatever whatever's going on, just just let us know and we'll we'll advertise it as much as we possibly can because it's just I was up watching uh, on the bottom line pitch yesterday, just seeing the kids back. It was amazing just seeing rugby back and yeah, like cricket, back. junior cricket started back, we're told, but last Friday in the snow. Um, yeah, we've seen pictures all week of, of people. I think that's how desperate people are, isn't it? Yeah, people are more than happy to go out and net in the snow and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting there, isn't it? It's nearly there. Yeah. We're nearly back, baby. We're nearly back, baby. But Josh, to finish off, we've got a head-to-head. Like obviously, the Disney and Pixar one went down a storm last time, um, and I won. I'm yeah, um, I'm still not yeah happy about it. To be honest, I don't know but... why I won, but I won. Um, we've gone for a golf-style Ryder Cup, but we haven't gone for like a, a gimmick. We've gone for the best USA Ryder Cup team and the best Europe team. From from our opinion, so I, I for my Ryder Cup team, I'm going to get slated, but it's just people I've watched and highlights I've watched in terms of a couple of them. But yeah, I, I we we tossed a we tossed a bottle top earlier, and um, I've chosen to go Europe. So Josh, do you want me to lay out mine, or shall we go? I think we go one one on one. one, one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So I'm going to do the USA team. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Yeah. So there is a chance I'm going to miss out some big names, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to incorporate not just people I've watched, but people you've heard of and yeah. seen in the films and stuff. So. Well, it's one, yeah, there's one or two on here that I, I don't watch live, but, but they are, they're in. And so do you want me to start, Josh? Go on, man. Opening us up on Single Sunday. That's what we do. We do Single yeah. Sunday, right? Single Sunday, opening us up. Number one, for his, for his heroics in 20, 2006 at the, Belfry, at the K-Club, Darren Clark. Oh. Darren Clark in. Epic story behind and all that, and he was outstanding for that uh, couple of weeks. Darren Clark. Days, I don't know whether to match these up in terms of a match up against or just to reel off my, my, my side. Just reel them off. Reel them off. Yeah. I mean, number one, the greatest golfer of all time. It's got to be Jack Nicholas, isn't it? Jack Nicholas. Yeah, yes, fair enough. Maybe we could endorse a, a new uh, course round there, Josh. Maybe he'll come for a round with us for Yeah, maybe. Number two, uh, my favourite actually for this weekend is uh, Justin Rose. 
Solid. Solid, yeah. Brilliant Ryder Cup player. Yeah, though. you know he's gonna you know he's just gonna come in and, and do a job for us. So yeah, number two is Justin Rose. Another old school one for me. I think you're gonna have to go Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Arnie. Yeah. I think this is the start. They could these two could win the the, the first two points through the, the pace of getting around the number three for me. A, a solid, uh, another solid Ryder Cup player, uh, Sergio Garcia. Leading, leading point he's scorer in Ryder Cup history. He's not, yeah, he is. He, he, took, is. Over, he, yes. over. he took over um, one of my picks, yes, Sergio Garcia. Uh, number three for me, another legend of the game, an absolute master of the Open. Won it five times, I believe. Tom Watson. So, yeah, I, oh, for, I remember watching him Going for his sixth open, was it? Yeah, Stewart Sink when yeah. he won in the end. Ah, that was that was tough to watch. I was number four. Um, we spoke about him now. He's been number one. Uh, Rory McIlroy. He hasn't done great in the, in the Ryder Cup, but he's had some very uh, uh, important points, like in Medina on that last Sunday. He, that was a massive point, and he was nearly late. So yeah, you know, I, he'd go down in history for that. So McIlroy's number four for me. I've got to get Tiger Woods up against him, and I. That that is that's that's the matchup of the. That's the Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, that isn't it? It is. That's team number five, an absolute hero of golf, and an absolute basically made the Ryder Cup for what it is, Seve Ballesteros. Oh, he's in a five. he's in a five. Do you know what? You've brought in a maverick there. Yeah, he is a maverick. So I'm going to have to bring in a maverick of my own, and I, Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what a matchup that is as well. If you still listen, this is the Metallica Sports <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Number six, the coolest golfer on the planet, loves a cigar, Miguel Angel Jimenez. Oh, what a man. What a bloke. Jamie Morgan did tweet this back, didn't he? Arguably yeah. the coolest man in golf. There's no argument about it. He is the coolest the man. The coolest man. I think his stretch routine's interesting enough. <laughs> it's a stretch routine that just screams shagger. <laughs> he, is, he is a prolific shagger. We've done quite well in our swearing. But, but, but if, we're back, if we're talking about it, it's shagger. Yeah, shagger. Top shagger. Yeah. If he walked in the club, you would shagger. Yeah, if he comes in, oh, shagger's in. Yeah, he's he's top. He is. And he's finished. He's, he's finishing that off, and he with a cigar and a, and a glass of red, just yeah, in bed, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, who am I matching up with him and his? I'm not sure I can match it on the on the coolness level. Although, I think is he American? Or is he Mexican? I'm going to throw him in there. I'm 99 sure he's American. <laughs> Lee Trevino. Lee Trevino. <laughs> I think he's from Texas on that way. He is from the power of Wikipedia. He's from Texas, yes, John. Thank you. Lee Trevino, I know Ryan Evans will particularly like that as he still uses Lee Trevino irons which are at least 30 years old <laughs> that just sums up old golf I mean quick story and then we get back to this but when we played the Celtic Manor 2010, uh, 2010 course 
Um, for people that play there, no, they take your clubs off here with a start when you walk in the clubhouse. And they, they put them down the range and then they clean them on the way back. And when we came back, they cleaned my Barney's and they didn't play these. They were just like, what are we supposed to do with them? <laughs> Literally, Lee Trevino Irons. But as Paisy said, they still get him round, in yeah, fairness. Fair, fair, Number seven for me, the bloke who sunk the winning putt in that miracle of Medina, Martin Keimer. Yeah, fair. Yeah, Martin Keimer, what a golfer. Yeah. Two-time major champion. Ne- barely gets mentioned. I, th- yeah, I think, I think he's most... Doesn't get mentioned enough, Martin Keimer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to get... Bigot in Dustin Johnson. Strong. Number eight for me is one of my nostalgic picks. Monty. Call him on Colin. Colin Montgomery. <laughs> the greatest player to never win a major. Yeah. In the Colin Montgomery club on his own, although if Lee Westwood doesn't win a major, yeah. he'll be joining him. He, he, he's just missed out, Diaz. He's, he's, he's sort of yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, eight. Obviously, trying to win, and I. My next two are going to be because they were such a good partnership, although they got split up last year stupidly. I'm going to someone not very popular in the team, but Patrick Reed. Yeah, I thought it would have gone in strong. I like him more, I like his tenacity. Um, nine, the postman, the involved. Oh, how can you not have him in? It's hard for him. I thought I'd pick him late because you know, he could be high trash at the end. Um, we're not, we're not even, they're not even going against each other, but I just thought I'd pick him nine strategically. After Patrick Reed, going John Spieth. Oh, very strong in Ryder Cups. Yeah. <sighs> Number 10 for me is a, I have to get a token Welshman in there. It was nearly Jamie Donaldson uh-huh. for, his, for his heroics, um, but he has been a, a successful captain as well. Yeah, who's them? Who's he? 30 years to the day. Is no, 30, 30 years to the week where he won uh, yeah, yeah. the Masters. Yeah, 1991. Yeah. They also the year that Josh Tobin was born. Oh. So you're, are you telling the listeners you're 30 sir? You old bugger. Whisper it. Whisper it. Don't say it too loud. So all you boys and girls who played against Josh Cricket or football or rugby... You're 30 as well, this year. I mean, let's be serious. There'll be more of a shock that I'm only 30 this year <laughs> than me actually turning 30. Yeah, yeah. So, um, a 10. I feel I feel as if we're just going to get hammered for Miss Silly, like obvious people are. Yeah. But um, I need to mix up with a, another uh, retro name, yeah. Larry Mize. I get in. Nice, Josh. Number 11 for me, he sunk the winning putt at the Ryder Cup 2010 in the Celtic Manor, and that's why he's in. And he's pretty decent in Ryder Cups. Uh, Graham McDowell. Yeah. yeah. Another major winner. Yeah. Thought, yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. So I thought he, can, he definitely gets in there. So yeah, Graham McDowell was my penultimate uh, golfer. Um... Because we're in the entertainment business, Ford, and we need to whip some whip some noise up on the first tee box. I don't think we can have a Ryder Cup without the big, long, pink driver coming out. Ah, no, no. Bubba, 
Watson. Nice. Two-time Masters winner. Nice. Has played the greatest shot I've ever seen yeah, in golf when he did run the stand. That was, that was class. To win it. You need Darren in your team. That's a maverick of a very Yeah, you need Daniel Locker, don't you? My final one, um, Sir Nick Faldo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You would have been absolutely hammered. Huh? Yeah, he's, he's the second most points in the Ryder Cup after Sergio. Who am I putting in my last pick? His modern name's flying around my head. Yeah. But, but there's one I've there's one I'm thinking of who, who I thought would be in there. I mean I'm gonna get hammered for missing out no, an obvious cap, one. I think he's captain this year, he was a captain in the last one. Who are you thinking of? Jim Pimrick. That's a shout. Yeah. But is he getting there before whatever you're picking next? Do you know what? And we will get hammered because yeah. I've definitely missed someone who's ridiculous out. But I'm going to go for another champion, four-time major champion, back-to-back USA, US Opens, back-to-back US PGA Open, and probably the best-looking bloke in my team, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm putting Brooks Kepka in there. Oh! <laughs> oh, uh, I'm fine. My captain would be the he was he was zooming and ahhing whether I was going to pick him in my twelfth, but for his his work in the Medina again, my captain is Jose Maria Alasaba. If I said that correctly, it would be lovely. But yeah, for his my for captain. His work, oh, he's he's searching. He's searching. The pressure's on. So just to round up through, I've got Darren Clark, Justin Rose, Sergio Garcia, McElroy, Sebi Balsteros, Miguel Hangel Jimenez, Martin Kamer, Colin Montgomery, Ian Poulter, Ian Woosnam, Graham McDowell and Nick Faldo. And Josh has gone Jack Nicholas, Anna Palmer, Tom Watson, Tiger Woods, Phil Nicholson, Luke, what's his name? Len Trevino, Lee Trevino, Lee Trevino, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, John Spieth, Larry Myers, uh, Bubba Watson, Brooks Kepka, and Josh still hasn't found a captain. No, I know my captain. I'm just trying to see if he's one of the ones he won because he came back. I think he won. No, he won it, I believe, in 2008, which was the last time in a while that they won it. Then they brought him. Brought him back to win it because he had such good feedback. Paul Easinger. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Is the one I'm going to put as my captain. So, yeah, nice. just to go through my Ryder Cup side, we've got Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Tom Watson, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Lee Trevino, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, John Spieth, Larry Mize, Bubba Watson, Brooks Kepka. Captain by Paul Easinger. That's strong, Aries. They'll be out on the socials uh, for you to vote in the next uh, next. Um, also, feel free to hammer me and forward yeah, about yeah. whoever we've missed or if you've got any suggestions of others you'd put in there. Cause I'm yeah, sure there's loads. Absolutely. We could do them. We could do them, but all but Golf 12, who we would send out, and I know definitely be my captain. It's pricey, I reckon. Tony Price. Tony Price would probably be one of the best captains you'd ever have as a cop. But yeah. Um, lovely stuff. Lovely. Josh, I think we've droned on for a bit, but we will finish off with a sporting memory because we don't get many of these 
often. Josh, any sporting memories? Any golf ones from the boys? I think memories from the Masters. Yeah, they memories would do. of the Masters. Um, my favourite memory of the Masters is definitely Bubba Watson's shot to, um, to basically win it in the yeah. playoff against Louis Stazen on 10 when he was basically behind a stand yeah. and he had to hit a 90-degree hook which landed about eight foot away it from the hole. Um, ways to win a major. That's got to be yeah. one of the greatest ways to win it. Yeah. But yeah, that's my memory. Yeah. My memory is very plain and ordinary, but it's, it's the scenes of not last year before when Tiger Woods won the, won the Masters. The again. comeback. The comeback and, and the red, the red uh, Sunday, Sunday top. I mean, I don't... I mean, that was... An incredible comeback purely because of what he'd been through, but the way he played, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we talked with Tiger Woods. I don't think we couldn't finish a master special out. Obviously, that shot on 16 that basically made um, made Nike an advert free yeah. charge, basically. That is the most iconic moment, I think. The ball, Tiger was it, the ball rolling, yeah. stopped to show the Nike logo. Yeah. And, and then, then dropped in. And then the celebration. And the celebration. I think that's, that, that could be up for as a sport. That's I, probably the most iconic. I think that's the ultimate one for yeah, us. Yeah, that's the iconic moment in golf, I think, in terms of um, think there. But Josh, yeah, thank you very much. If you're still listening, thank you for listening to us. Uh, drone on for the last hour or so. Um, we will have one in the probably two weeks' time, Josh. Another two one. weeks' time, yeah. We, we obviously will do a, a cricket preview for the season. Yeah. We've got a, a few others planned. Which we're just trying to work out logistics because yeah. obviously we're still technically in the lockdown where we can't physically sit in a bar and do it or yeah. sit in someone's house and do it. So it's taking a bit longer that way to work out we're going to do it. But yeah, 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 we'll be back in probably the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, and with that said, Ford, a bit of training tonight, a bit of normality back out there. Yeah, a bit I of think, training. We'll be back in the net. I think it's got to be the Bob no. Lott, though. We're not, we're not in the net. No, we're not in the net. No, um, Bob Lat on, and uh, yeah, let's get back no, uh, normality. Yeah. I, I think normality's fingers crossed, just around the corner, places are opening up. It's great to see. As always, we tell everyone to stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. And if you want to contact us, our uh, Instagram, Twitter is at pttspod, and our email is pttspod at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again to our partner, Shiny Vinyl. And if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, search for Jackson Lucid uh, is, is single text box blues. Um, but if if that's it, have a great weekend. Enjoy your Saturdays and Sundays and enjoy the last couple of days of the Masters. And Josh, if it can't be good. Don't be bad, baby. Over and out. Cheers. See you later. <laughs>